Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Guys, what is going on? Another episode here of The Wake Up Call. It has been quite a while between episodes. I do apologize. Lots of things happening in my life, but I'm back and I have a really different episode for you guys today. Well, I think so anyway. And this has come about after a a fantastic conversation I had with somebody who came in for an initial consultation last week. And the topic of the, the conversation today is, are you coachable? Are you somebody who has the capacity to learn from others? And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's something that I don't hear people talk about too frequently. And as a personal trainer, as a strength coach, one of my main jobs is to help my students buy into the program. And what I mean by that is if you have a goal, it is important that you buy into and believe in the program, the plan, and the process that will take you from point A, where you are right now, to point B, your ideal end destination, okay? If you don't buy into the program, if you don't believe the plan is going to work, if you don't follow the process, it is going to be impossible for you to transform and take yourself from point A to point B. I start here and I finish here, okay? And the word coachable, for me, What it means is that you are somebody who is open to feedback. You are happy to receive criticism or a critique on what it is that you're doing in the pursuit of improving yourself. Okay? So if you're if you're doing let's I'm gonna use exercise as an example. That's my bread and butter, that's what I do for a living, it's what I do for a coaching standpoint is if you come in for a session and I'm watching you move, if you are not receptive to getting my input, getting my expertise and my opinion on how you're moving, if there's something that I think that you could do better and you're not receptive to me giving you any feedback, how can I help you? And furthermore, how can you help yourself? It's physically impossible for you to make progress without doing things better. That should be pretty self-explanatory. If you're not gonna do things better, you're not going to improve. But if you're not willing to implement advice, feedback, criticism that will help you do these things, you will remain stuck where you are right now, okay? And as somebody who is coachable, these are a couple characteristics and these are some of the things that you actually do and embody, okay? If you're getting feedback, if you're getting a critique, you don't take it personally. And you don't interpret this criticism as an attack on you as an individual. I'm not criticizing you as a person. What I'm doing is giving you feedback on the action that you're doing or the task you're performing, okay? I'm not criticizing you as a a person. Understand the difference. There's a difference between you as an individual, as a person, as, you know, Joe Bloggs versus what Joe Bloggs is doing, all right? One is a being, you, and one is a verb, a doing, all right? So somebody who's coachable, what they do is they take this information on board. 
and they use this objective feedback, okay? So it's just real world feedback, it's truth based upon what you're doing, this is the feedback that I have, and you're using it to better yourself. Because that's all it is, it's information or advice to help you get better in some capacity. So when you look at it like that, it's kind of like, why would you not want to do that? Why would you not be coachable? Why would you not want to actually receive as much of that information, advice, or feedback as possible? For me personally, if I've got something that I'm not doing very well, I want people to tell me. If there's something I'm doing poorly, please tell me so I could actually do something about it and fix it. That is a trait of somebody who is coachable, who wants to learn, who wants to improve the way they do things so they can get better outcomes i.e. better results, all right? This is one of the things, this is one of my training rules that I have on a big board in my training facility. It's something that I look for for when students come on board my program, okay? When somebody's going through my onboarding process, they come in for an initial consultation. It's a chance for me to see where they are right now, where they want to be, and how I can kind of bridge the gap based upon how they currently move and their current starting point, okay? But I just want to know, is this person coachable? Are you, as somebody who comes into my facility, wanting to improve their body, their life in some manner, are you coachable? Yes or no, okay? Because if you think you already know it all and that you can't get any better, what use am I? As a strength coach, as a personal trainer with 13 plus years of experience, if you're coming to me and you say, or you think that you already know it. What are you doing here? What is the purpose of your visit today? If you're doing squats and you don't want my feedback, if you don't want me to tell you, hey, you're currently doing this, I think if you tried this, it would get you a better result, or you could optimize your squat. If you don't want to hear that, what good am I? What are you actually trying to do? Doesn't make much sense, does it? And interestingly, interestingly, when I make these points, as humans, what we do is we say, that's not us. That's not us. And what that is right there is that's your ego, trying to save you from a difficult conversation. But if you're humble enough to say, hey, let's actually take a bit of self-reflection, let's take a step back, let's look at what's actually happening here. Have I been in a scenario like that where somebody said, hey, try this, or Hey, would you like a bit of feedback? I think this would be a way that you could actually make quicker progress or get better results. And you're like, nah, I don't really want to hear it. That's you not being coachable. I've been there. You know, somebody tells you something 10 times and you don't take their advice on board. And then somebody who you do trust or who is an authority on something says it the first time and you're like, fuck, I might try that. That is you subordinating your ego, which means you push your ego to the side and you actually listen you learn and you apply that information. Does that make sense? That's you finally not listening to your ego. You finally decide, nope, ego, take a back seat. I'm actually gonna to listen to what this person says and I'm gonna see if they can actually provide some value and help me here. Mm -hmm. And the people, what I have found from experience is when it comes to coachability, someone's level of coachability, there's always this one thing that people have in different amounts, and it is ego, okay? We all have an ego. You could be the most humble person in the entire world. You still have an ego 
to some capacity, all right? I have an ego, you have an ego, your neighbor has an ego, your spouse has an ego, your work, pe your work colleagues, they all have egos, we all do. Don't say you don't because you do. But those who are humble, those who have a high level of self-awareness, so people who understand themselves at a visceral level and constantly reflect on themselves, their actions, their behaviors, their choices, their decisions, these types of people are typically less ego-driven individuals because they look at what they're doing and they're looking at the outcomes that happen as a result of those actions. A plus B equals C, all right? What you do or don't do has a direct correlation and result. People with higher levels of self-awareness understand this connection. People who are ego-driven, they fail to see that or they choose not to see that connection. And the people who are coachable, those who are humble, who reflect on how they act, how they live, how they behave, they feel comfortable reaching out and asking for help asking an expert, hey, I'm struggling with this. You seem pretty knowledgeable, pretty smart, get pretty good results in this field. Maybe you can help me. And when they do ask these people for their opinion, for their advice, for their expertise, they get better results because of it. There's a direct correlation there. You're not seeing results right now. You want to see results, so you ask somebody who knows their shit or understands that craft better than you do. You ask them for advice, they give you the advice, you apply the advice, and as a result of that advice, you get better results. You can see that connection, A, B, C, okay? Directly linked. They're happy, coachable people are happy, and they want to learn from those who are smarter or better than themselves. And then once they get their information, all that knowledge, they apply it straight away. They're not this ego-driven person who prides themselves on getting as much information from as many different sources as possible and just banking it, putting it in the archives or in the vault, if you will, for a rainy day. And again, ego-driven people, they pride themselves on, yes, their, their favorite phrase is, I know. You give them some advice and their response is, I know. Because like I said, they already have the answers. If you already have the answers, what do you need anybody's help for? Yeah? So these ego-driven these ego people, some characteristics that they present with, they refuse to ask people for help. They already have the answers, all of the answers. You got a question, they've got an answer. Might be the wrong answer, but fuck, they've got it. And what they usually do in spades is they talk a lot. If there's a conversation, they lead the conversation from start to finish. Okay? This is why we have two ears and one mouth. So we can actually, if we are engaging in a conversation, it's a two-way street. This is a saying, don't be the smartest person in the room. If you are always the smartest person in the room, you need to go find a new fucking room. Okay, does that make sense? You see, again, that correlation, if you're always the smartest person, I know more than him, I know more than her, I know more than them. If you do, truly, objectively, 
great for you. I still would encourage you go find a different room where you can learn from others. But if you're always in that room where you put your hands on your hips and you're a bit snobbish and you're looking down on people, hey, you might want to check your ego. Might be a bit more inflated than you believe it is. Yeah. So when you're talking, you're not listening. You can't. You can only do one thing at a time. If you're talking, 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 you can't learn, you can't listen. And what happens is as they talk, they talk, 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 talk. They're not doing anything else. For all their talk, they have little results or proof of progress. It's just a whole lot of hot air. And really it comes down to one of two reasons. Number one, ego drives everything that they do. It is at the forefront of their thinking and their decision making. And it also means that they've actually never been tested or had a significant enough challenge to prove it wrong. These are people who are steadfast in their beliefs and they never change their thought process. For months, weeks, years on end, they dig their heels in, this is my thought process, this is where I stand, you can't change my mind. Because they're unwilling to hear a different perspective, another opinion, a different side of the story. Or hey, maybe you've been working on plan one for a couple years and it's not working. I've got plan two, which might be a better option. You interested? No. Not coachable. Not willing to even listen to option B or you know the second plan because that would indicate, hey, maybe I've been wrong. Maybe I actually made the wrong choice or the wrong decision. Ego takes a big hit, they don't like it. They're afraid. And this is the second option for the ego-driven person. It's a facade. It's a front that they put on externally. They try to exude confidence and bravado and know-it-all-ism. Puffing the chest up, standing tall, trying to look down on people. Yeah, whatever, you're shit, I'm awesome. But deep down, internally, when there's nobody else around for them to display their prowess, internally, they are so secure and afraid. They're afraid that, hey, what if I'm actually wrong? What if actually this isn't working? But they don't want to confront that dragon, that, you know, the prospect of there's a better solution. Again, the ego takes a massive hit and it scares the fuck out of them. The solution is a dose of reality, a heavy dose of reality. In the form of being put up against a test that crushes the ego and it puts you in your place once and for all. A humbling defeat. So if all you do is win, 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 whether it's just by steamrolling other people where they don't get a chance to you know, give you the feedback and advice that you need, if you just steamroll people, shout over the top of them and won't even let them in the conversation and try a different approach, of course you're going to, air quotes, win. But if you ever try a different approach or do something that is actually beyond your capabilities, which for a lot of people is the case, the ego is just going to keep winning these little battles. And again, it grows that facade and that front that they keep putting on. 
But if you get faced with something that's actually going to test you and what you believe, so we'll say they take the right path, not the one that they like and is convenient to them, the one that they the one that they're familiar with and the one that they know, it's going to crush the, the ego into a million pieces. And another thing that I find really interesting is this. This goes again back to the two ears, one mouth uh, topic. If you ever take the time to engage in thought-provoking communication, something that actually forces you to lay out your thoughts and your opinions, and if you do this with an intelligent person, you have an intelligent conversation, not an argument, not a debate, or it can be, Debates don't always have to get heated. You can have a back and forth. You can still disagree with somebody and have a conversation. But if you actually clearly articulate, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it, but you've got nothing to back it up, really, you're, you're a fool. You're just saying things because you want to prove yourself right. But you're doing it for no valid reason. It's just the, 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 the best example I like to use is this. I'll ask somebody to demonstrate a squat. I'll use that as the example. And I'll ask them, hey, why do you squat the way you squat? And the general response is one or two things. That's the way I've always done it. Or that's the way I was taught. Okay, fair enough. Then if I ask you, where do you put your feet? Can't say on the floor. Well, I don't know. I just put them on the ground. I put them about shoulder width. Why do you put them there? I don't know. If you're not willing to go a step deeper an extra layer to understand the nuances and the specifics of why you do what you do, if you don't have anything to back it up, you really have to look at why you're doing it in the first place. If you're doing squats, why are you doing it that way? Feet shoulder width, why? Feels comfortable, okay, fair enough. Uh, how low do you go? I go ask the grass, okay. Why do you go that low? Because I can. Okay, Mr. Ego, you can squat to ask to grass, but I'm looking at you from a side view and your tailbone's tucking underneath your body. You're not preserving neutral spine. Why are you doing that? Because I can get that low. Yes, but you've lost the integrity of your spine. You are bending your back. You are rounding your spine to get that low. That's how disc bulges occur. Is that what you want? Are you squatting that low because you want a disc bulge? No, it's because I can squat that low. But you're not doing it correctly, sir. Again, this is the ego putting the gloves on, the boxing gloves on, and fighting for its fucking life. Because if I prove you wrong, you have to put your hand up and say, yes, I was wrong. The ego gets defeated. You can see how that kind of works. Go a few layers deep. Ask yourself the question, why do I believe what I believe? If, you ever, if you've ever had an intelligent conversation with somebody, it's not surface level. It's four or five layers fucking deep. I've got a couple of friends who I have really intelligent conversations with, and time just flies when we're, when we're talking. Like I lose track of time, I get in a state of flow where I'm just so immersed in the conversation because I'm learning something or it's challenging my thought process. And again, because I can probably learn something from this person or gain a new perspective and come out of the other, out of that conversation as a better person for it. Whether it's with or against what I currently believe, I'm gonna learn something from it. Coachable, I want to learn. If I don't believe it, hey, I wanna know why I don't believe it. And if you have a why, if you have a purpose and a rationale for it, excellent, that's fine. 
You may not agree, but at least you have something to back up your thoughts and your actions. Does that make sense? Think about it like this. Push-ups, I'll use another example. Very standard movement, okay? If, uh, if you've done push-ups before, I'll ask you, all right, you come into my facility, you tell me, Jesse, I wanna get stronger, I wanna learn how to do, I wanna learn how to get strong. Strong where? Everywhere, in everything that I do, sweet. Done push-ups before? Yep, cool, show me what you got. Why do you do it that way? I don't know, it just feels good, all right. Again, if I'm asking you these questions, where do you put your hands? Where should your elbows face? What's happening at your midsection? If you don't have a valid answer for these things, that's okay. That's my role as a coach to help you understand. We're doing it this way and we're doing it for this reason. These are the benefits you're going to get from putting your hands in this position. Because when you understand why you do what you do, you buy into the program more, you clearly understand every single benefit and all of the consequences if you don't use that technique. If your elbows start flaring out, it can lead to internal rotation of the shoulder and impingement at the front. So pain at front of shoulder. If you've ever done push-ups before and you get front of shoulder pain, hey, there's a reason for that. And it's likely due to your technique, okay? But if you're not even willing to have a conversation, hey, this is how I currently do it. Is this right? How could I do it better? If you're not willing to have these conversations, you're not coachable. You don't want to learn because you've already just told me from that statement, hey, I already fucking know it all. And if that's you, what are you doing here? Ego, 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 ego. All right? Sometimes you just have to say, hey, I don't know. That shows a lot of humility. To subordinate your ego and say, hey, I don't actually know the answer to this. Uh, if you happen to know the answer, please talk me through it, explain it to me. And then that's what I do, that's my role as a coach. I don't, I'm not a fucking boot camp person that stands there, arms crossed, you know, blasting and berating you. Do more, go faster, drop and give me 20. It's fucking stupid. I want you to understand what you're doing. I want you to understand how to do it. And I want you to know exactly why you're doing it for, what's the purpose, what are we doing it for? You should know exactly what to do, how to do it, and why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah? Because when you know these things, it accelerates your progress. And I absolutely love it. I love it when people ask me questions. I get giddy, I go into a fucking geek mode, I turn into a nerd. People who ask me questions, hey, why are we doing it like this? Oh, it excites me as well because it shows it shows that you care enough about what you're doing. And it also shows that you're okay with not knowing all the answers, but you want to know them. That's why you asked the question in the first place. And if you're listening, you've ever heard the saying, there are no stupid questions. You don't know what you don't know. And this is what I really encourage you know, my students and anybody that I really speak with and I ask these questions and Anyone who I really interact with is, if you don't know the answer, just ask the question. If someone explains it to you and you've been told it before and it jogs your memory, like, oh, yep, that's right. No harm, no foul. You've at least learned something or you've remembered something that you've previously learned. What's, what's wrong with doing that? You're going to get better results. You don't know what you don't know. 
And I use this, um, this story to really illustrate and drive the point home. Many years ago when I was working in, I was uh, subcontracting out of a, a commercial gym, I had a con consultation with a lady and she came in and she said that she wasn't where she wanted to be with her body, so she wanted some help. She said she wanted some help. So she booked in and she, her physique wasn't where she wanted it to be. Even after years of hard training consistently, you know, doing group style classes, she wasn't where she wanted to be. So I put her through a movement evaluation. I put her through some standard movements. And then I started asking her some questions. So what we do is, you know, we do, a, do an exercise, we'll do a set, rest, work, rest, work, rest, and so forth. We just do that until all the movements and all the sets have been completed. Gives me a very good baseline assessment of how you move, doing some basic movement, fundamental exercises, and what your technique is, and also your strength, all right? So anyway, we did a set, and then we we're resting, okay? Gives us time to chat, and then troubleshoot the exercise, and I can give us some feedback on how to do it better. So anyway, I asked her some questions, and this lady, she wouldn't sit still. She was kind of like fidgety on the spot, just, you know, kicking her legs about, and I could see she was pretty antsy. I was kind of like, all right, something's wrong here. I don't know. Anyway, she, was she just enthusiastic? She maybe had a lot of energy? I don't know. But anyway, the next part... It, it pulled up a red flag fucking instantly. It dawned on me that this person wasn't interested in learning and proper training. All she wanted to do was get flogged. I was asking her in her rest period, okay? And I say to everybody, hey, this is not going to be the most intense session you've ever done, okay? It's gonna be a medium, all right? I was asking her some questions about an exercise and I was explaining the specifics of it. And then she leapt in and asked, hey, can I do some squats while you talk? And I was kind of stunned. I was like, try and explain an exercise to you. You've got to kind of like take the time to process this information. But she was pretty like direct, not rude, but she just leapt in and she asked, hey, can I just do some squats while you're talking? And immediately I kind of switched off and zoned out. It's like, yep, yeah, go for it. This person does not want to learn from me. All she wants to do is get a sweat on. If you want to get a sweat on, Go and jump on a fucking treadmill. Go and hop on a bike and spin those legs around until you're red in the face, dripping with sweat. Okay? That right there is a perfect illustration of somebody who is not coachable. They don't want to learn. They don't want to get better. They don't want to improve what they're doing. If she did, she would have politely shut the fuck up, taken the advice on board, and used it. Okay? I don't speak to that, I don't speak like that to people in person because I'm a coach, I understand what I'm doing, but this person here did not want to hear what I was saying. Hey, if we're doing a bent over row, I need you to push your hips back and get to 45 degrees. The reason that getting you to 45 degrees is important is because it is a horizontal row, if that's the example. So you'll do a set of rows, let's say it's a bent over row, you've got a pair of dumbbells in your hands, Standing tall, brace your stomach for a punch. Imagine I'm gonna punch you in the belly, you've gotta tense your abs up. Cool, abs on, push your hips back, keep going until your hands get below your knees. Hold that position, you should feel a bit of a stretch on your hamstrings. Cool, there's a bit of hamstring tension, hold that position. With your elbows, row back and up towards the ceiling. Beautiful, control down and repeat. And you're going to breathe with the row. 
I'm doing the row. If someone actually takes the time to listen with intent, he's telling me this information because it's important. He's explaining all the different pieces of the puzzle. Your abs must be on, why? Okay, your abdominals will help to stabilize your lumbar spine. So protect your lower back. Okay, cool, so that's important. Before we even hinge and get into that bent over position, my abs must be on. Cool, abs on, first thing, sweet. Keep your arms straight, yes. Push your bum back, yep, got it, there's my hinge. I'm at 45 degrees. If I look at your position from a side view, you have a flat back from your head through your tailbone. I use the word straight, it's neutral. So it's preserving the natural curves of your spine. This person didn't want to hear it. All she wanted to do was do some squats while I talked. Uncoachable. Unfucking coachable. All she wanted to do was have her ego stroked. Hey, your squats look awesome. Great job. Well done, Sally. Yeah, good, Karen. I forget her name, so I'm just using those two. They want to have a big pat on the back. Yeah, you're doing a great job. You're working hard. You're going fast. You got a sweat going. Yes, go you. And they want to have praise heaped on them, even if what they're doing is completely wrong. They don't care. And that's really what it comes down to. If you cared enough, you would close the mouth, open your ears, listen to the instructions, and listen to the advice that is being provided, and then you would actually implement it. Does that make sense? And it's a, this is a fairly long podcast. It's actually longer than I anticipated. But the reason that I'm hammering this point home is because a lot of people intentionally or unintentionally are not coachable. Some people don't actually know what the definition of coachable is. So that's why I started this podcast off kind of defining what it is. And also some specific scenarios to look for. So you can kind of reflect, hey, am I being coachable right now? You know, where's my ego in all of this, all right? So I'm asking you, what type of person are you? Are you the type of person who, you know, will, when stuck, ask for help? You know, seek out assistance or get mentoring from an expert in the area that you want to improve? It's like, <laughs> if I'm going to Bunnings, all right, if you're in Australia, you know what Bunnings is. You go there, every, just, just seems like for me, it's just about every weekend or every fortnight. You go to Bunnings, it's like, hey, I don't know where this item is. If there's somebody in a green shirt with a Bunnings logo, I'm, I'm, I'm running over to them. I'm going to go over and excuse me, can you help me find X? And they'll generally point you in the right direction. The story's huge. There are 400 million aisles. I don't know where everything is. But if someone's been working there for a few months or a few years, they could probably tell you just about where every item, which every, uh, which every item lives, what aisle it's in. And if they don't know it off the top of their head, they've got that little PDA device, they've got the little device where they could pull it up and say, hey, it's in aisle two, fourth bay on the left. All right, that's, again, that's an example. If you go into, you know, I'm not a tradie. I'm not a very handy person, all right? I can do some basic DIY stuff, but I'm not a pro, I can tell you that much. So if I'm going into a hardware store or a trade store, somewhere like Bunnings, and I don't know where it is, I'm gonna look at the signage on all of the aisles, or I'm gonna see somebody who's got a Bunnings shirt on and say, excuse me, can you help me find X? Yeah, because I just wanna get it. You're the expert, just tell me where I need to go. So is that the type of person you are? 
Or are you somebody who tries to white knuckle it and go, do everything all alone? Just you and your massive ego. The pause is for dramatic effect. So I encourage you, be humble enough to say, I don't know. As a coach, if I don't know the answer to something, this is a chance for me to learn. I don't bullshit my students and say, I don't try to make things up to impress them. If I truly don't know the answer to a question, I'll say, hey, I don't know. That's a great question. Let me look into that for you and I'll get back to you. But if you don't know something, you don't know something. Just ask the question or reach out to somebody who might have the answers. Seek them out. And the way that you can do it is through hands-on learning, one-to-one -one coaching, or it could even be from reading books from a subject matter expert. It baffles me. It boggles my mind why so few people read. The amount of words that people read per day is fucking astounding. But it's all on this little device in your hands or on a computer. So you're filling your mind with something. Why not let it be something that's actually going to improve you as a person and get you closer towards the goals you've got? You know, if you want to learn about, you know, I've got some habits I want to change, go and read Atomic Habits or go and read The Power of Habit. If you want to learn how to reduce, you know, your anxiety and your stress, go and pick up a copy of Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. If you can't concentrate on one item or one task at a time, go and read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. If you've got no discipline, you know, go, go and read some of Jocko's books. Go and read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Very simple way for you to put your ego to the side and say, hey, these people have had some pretty big experiences or they've studied this subject for years on end. I could learn a thing or two from them. It's a humbling kind of thing to do. So it doesn't matter what method you pick, whatever it is that you choose to go about it. Make sure that you leave your ego at the door. Keep it there. Pick it up when you finish learning. If you want to learn, you must leave your ego behind. The two and two cannot coexist. Huge ego, huge willingness to learn. Eh, they're going to butt heads. It's not going to work. Be coachable. Pay attention. Listen, learn, and apply that knowledge. That is what being coachable means. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.